0: Hi, friends.
1: really hope we see
2: you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: fucking hell. That, wasn't that really was so meaty. I genuinely, don't, don't put it all over the room
0: waiting to do that. It's painful. Hello and welcome back to Should I Delete That? This is our best of episode and... In this naturally slightly chaotic but jam-packed episode we are bringing you the best of 2023 from glitches in the matrix and wolves potentially not being real to honest chat about body image and mental health. We have pulled together a lot of laughs, some cries and a bunch of stellar advice from some of our wonderful guests. We hope you enjoy this episode and we will see you in the new year. Love you loads.
1: Okay, um, I've got something really funny to read out to okay, you. I'm excited. The subject line is "That time I met Emma and Alex."
0: Oh no! <laughs> no. no, I know.
1: Hi, SIDT podcast team. I hope you're all doing well. Congrats on the huge success of the podcast and welcome to the gang, baby Arlo. I thought I'd write in to tell you a little story about the time I met Emma and Alex in 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 person. (laughs) impertinent. I haven't quite determined if this was more awkward for me or Ben, but the listeners can decide if you ever share this story. (laughs) In March last year, I had a planned dinner date with my best friend at a lovely restaurant called Mallow in London. And on the way there, we were chatting about the, should I delete that podcast? It was still quite new and how great it was. When we arrived, we were greeted by a waitress who took us upstairs through the busy restaurant to our table in a little side room. On the way there, I spotted two very familiar faces out of the corner of my eye. Em and Alex (laughs) were sat a couple of metres away from us having dinner with a friend. I did a double take before grabbing my friend's arm and whispering Em Clarkson and Alex literally sat at the table right there. (laughs) We sat down and I immediately thought about whether it was appropriate... to go up to them to tell them how much we loved them and their podcast, but I really didn't want to get in the way of their dinner or look like a creepy stalker. So I decided the best thing to do was ask the waitress if she could bring some glasses of Prosecco over to their table with a little message from us. Nice and simple. I know. I know just after we'd ordered the prosecco the waitress rushed back and said i think they're leaving actually i didn't want to miss my chance so i plucked up the courage to go over to them and my friend joined a few steps behind me i walked up to the table em and alex had their backs to us and just started with a hey guys Emma immediately turned around and started rushing to gather her things saying yeah 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 we're leaving now so sorry clearly thinking i was the waitress coming over to kick them out alex joined in apologizing for taking so long to say oh no no I don't work here we just came over to tell you how much we love the podcast (laughs) I think we were all quite embarrassed at this point but they were so lovely to us and we had a little exchange via dms about how funny the situation was turns out they'd been asked to leave a couple of times already (laughs) as the restaurant needed their table packed so we looked like we'd come to tell them off I just wanted to share this funny story it was so great meeting Em and Alex that night and I've been listening to every single episode from day one my friend the same one who was at the restaurant that night and I have tickets to the live show oh. and we can't wait to see you all there thanks for all the hard work you put into the show and all the amazing stories you tell I'm so oh. excited to meet you um, I'm so excited that but, we get to
0: make up for, for last
1: time yes 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 we're going I remember telling the story because it was our awkward because it, it was, was awkward. we have been asked to leave the restaurant twice we were like oh my god we're fucking going we've not Please. been that bad we've paid like we didn't dribble we weren't
0: offensive <laughs> oh my god I forgot gone that! They were so nice. I can't so believe they were sending over prosecco. I know. I know. That is so, so I would have loved nice. that. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's confident though, because I would never be sure that someone was who I thought it was. You know, <laughs> if I have, uh, you know, someone online, I would never be sure. I don't trust myself enough. I don't think criticism, like I don't know if it was criticism or like outright
3: hate, but but I don't believe in criticism. Criticism. Okay. I don't believe in it. But.
0: Okay, so uh, uh, what is like okay, so if someone is critiquing you, do you But what's take critiquing? That it's not it's not, not even just speaking. It. that's what Jacqueline would
1: say. But do you do you take okay, criticism. do
0: you take what I would perceive to be criticism? Do you take that and ass- I, go, assess I go that's really interesting. Do you that is it? their
3: opinion. And I'll read that and I'll okay. say, Is there any of that I agree with? Is there any right. of that where I look at and go, yeah. Oh yeah, maybe I could actually stop swearing so much or maybe would that work for me yeah or would that work not really right but it's right, not right. done in a way of like oh, and they're validating it for me yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not that is their opinion yeah, yeah. that's why i don't uh, believe in criticism it's yeah. not a criticism i don't believe in it like i believe in the fact that you have a different opinion and you have a different opinion and i have a different opinion and i might say listen i really think that pink goes much better with orange you know and you'll go, oh, my God, she's criticising that I'm wearing pink and orange. It's not. It's just my opinion. Okay, so, <laughs> sorry. You always is... said
1: that to me about, like, again, if I'd go to Jacqueline and say, they're criticising me or they've said something mean. Be like, no, like, what's actually happening here? Like, like mm. what's actually happening is words are coming out of their mouth mm. and you're putting all your shit onto it. You're inferring it as criticism. You're taking it as negative. Yeah. When actually they're just saying words. And it's fully up to me how I want to interpret their words, yeah. which I love.
0: What do you think of people who feel compelled to share their opinion when it's not necessarily going to have a positive impact on you? I guess that's sometimes what I struggle with when people say to me, OK, that, I don't know how else to call it, if not a criticism, but I feel like they are critiquing my work and saying, I don't think you do this right. I'm allowed to share my opinion and I'm stumped on that part because I'm like, I guess I can't argue that but like you've, I don't really know what my question is but... How do they, how do you stop being hurt by them? Or like, do you think that's, do, like what, what do you think? Do you think that's right that they can, they, yeah. they can share that opinion with honest, you like that? To be honest,
1: surprisingly, say- sorry, one of the best things my dad ever taught me which is, <laughs> I know, <laughs> um, one of the best things my dad ever taught me was that um he said, with this job because obviously you need know, it's a similar job he said you've had your opinion and everybody else is allowed theirs and it's like yeah and they you know when people come to me in the gyms and they say like oh i'm allowed my opinion i'm like yeah you are yeah and i'm allowed mine and what is quite mm. interesting in our job i think is people come and they say you shouldn't have done this and this and this and that and i'm allowed my opinion and i'm like well so am i and what and you're saying mm. i shouldn't i shouldn't i shouldn't but my opinion is that I should. So all that's happening here is that we disagree. Yeah. So I don't even open them, don't reply. And I just say, Well, yeah. sad, bless you. Like yeah. we've wasted your time. Do you think opinions and criticism are the same thing?
3: I don't believe in critic I don't believe in the work So on that, that level, him. on that logic, yes. It's an opinion. It's, just an opinion. it's someone's opinion. Yeah. And they're allowed it. Like, okay.
0: So my next TikTok is Things you shouldn't do as a um, a trauma, a brain trauma expert.
1: But you're not a brain trauma expert.
0: No, no, this woman was like, I'm a brain trauma expert. Here are things that I would never do and you shouldn't do either. Number one, don't ride a bike. Number two, don't go on a trampoline. Oh, because you might traumatise your brain? Yeah. Number three, don't get hit by lightning. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, I can't help that. <laughs> If I'm going to get hit by lightning, I'm going to get hit by lightning. But thank you for unlocking a new fear. She's like, it's really bad to get hit by lightning. I'm like, OK, thank you. <laughs> Fucking obviously.
1: I had a teacher in year five who got struck by lightning two times. That is
0: that is incredibly very, unlucky, <laughs> very unfortunate. And also like, I don't know, aren't you more like, What's? I love the lottery statistic of like, you're more likely to get hit by lightning. I don't know. I Than win remember. the lottery.
4: Yeah, something like that. What I say with the wardrobe audit is that it's a, something you should be doing seasonally, mm-hmm. and you have your four piles. One pile is stuff that you need to repair or alter. Um, the other, so every time you want to shop, go to that pile first, see what you can repair or alter, because often it's the same amount of money to actually reinvest in something that has served you for so long versus buying something new. Okay. Um, second one is stuff that you want to donate or gift. Yeah. And I say donate or gift because you should never donate anything that your friend would turn their nose off at Um, and you also have another pile of things that are that you kind of want but it's not in season so you just pack them away in vacuum storage bags and then you have another pile and this is stuff that you really don't want and it's actually that pile that I ask people to look at because I'm not a stylist like I I can dress myself and I'm confident in my style but I'm not about to go out there and style anybody else and it's this pile that I want people to look at because you're going to find so much information in what you don't want that's actually going to help you build up your wardrobe when you do go shopping so you're going to be looking at composition tags are there materials that keep popping up that you thought you didn't even think twice about but maybe it's like a certain type of uh, fiber that makes you itchy or maybe it's something that makes you really sweaty and you've never understood why and then you'll start seeing okay this certain material pops up again and again or it could be a retailer And it really changes with um, different individuals. There was one incident where I did a wardrobe audit with a a girl I know, and I was shocked because most of the stuff she didn't want was organic cotton. I was like, oh, God, okay. Let's take a beat. Like, okay, is there something wrong with the method? But then I actually was like, wait, material is different to quality. So don't just look at the composition tags. When I actually analysed the quality of the clothes that she didn't want, they were really poor quality. Organic cotton that was super thin, really crunchy, really papery, stuff that had really bad colour transfer, didn't wash well. And that's when I realised that it's so individual to different people. So I'm just giving you the framework and the wardrobe audit can really help you to understand where you sit in that. So if you feel like, okay, I don't want to be wasteful, I don't want to go out and spend loads of money, do your wardrobe audit first see Take out all the stuff that you don't want. Don't repeat those mistakes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then you can see what you're left with.
1: Earlier this week, we were walking down the street and for reasons best known to ourselves, we were talking about my bumhole, because that's just something that happens.
0: Why not? Why not?
1: And as a direct quote, he said the words to me, isn't there a cat in Egypt called the sphincter?
0: Wait, well, ah, no, hang on, wait, isn't there a cat in Egypt called the sphincter? There is, there fucking is. (laughs) No, there's fucking not, Al. There's one called the sphinx. The sphinx, that's it! I was like, this feels so right, but also so wrong. And the sphincter is in your urine. No, no, it's in your bladder. No, your sphincter's your butthole. Oh. This is not this is this wasn't quite the reception I foresaw. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. H- hang on. I'm sure sphincters was to do with the bladder. I'm oh, sure the sphincter We have the lots butthole. of sphincters. Oh my god, we have over fifty types of sphincters in the human body. Is one of them the butthole? Yes. One of them is the internal anal sphincter. Stunning. And one of them is a cat knee it. Alex, I love that. Oh my God, that's so like my vibes. That's so Alex vibes. That's such an Alex moment.
5: (laughs) So I'm Sarah Delagarde. I didn't have an extraordinary life before. And then on the 30th of September on that Friday, something
0: happened that Mm. would change my life forever. So yeah, that's, that's that. And it's remarkably recent. Isn't it? It's what, four months ago? Yes, four months. Yep. It's unbelievable because, I mean, to see you here today, you look gr- I mean, obviously your life has changed beyond measure and we'll get into that. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's so cool to like see you here and like looking great and happy and yeah. Thank you. I guess... I guess
5: I'm positive because I always think about what could have happened. I could have died that night um, at least 10 times, according to various people who were part of the the, the rescue mission. Um, So for me, it's really every time, every day when I wake up, I feel I'm so happy that I'm alive. (laughs) When I see my kids, I'm like, I'm so happy I'm around them now. So, yeah.
1: Bless you. And can we ask what did happen on Friday the 30th of September?
5: Yes, so I I was at work um, that day in the office, and I stayed on a little bit later than I would usually. I had some projects to finish, and then uh, I left the office quite late. I remember it, the weather being horrendous; it was quite windy, rainy, and I thought, "Oh, I need to take a cab to go home," and I just couldn't get one. And in the end, I thought, "Okay, I'm going to take the tube," um, and uh, I remember sitting in the, in 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 the carriage, and I was so tired. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to rest my eyes for two minutes. And then I woke up in High Barnet, which is not my station. And I thought, oh, oh, gosh, Um, I was a bit, I felt lost because I just woke up. So I rushed out of the the tube, realized, yeah, this, what am I doing? I actually need to stay on that tube to go back into London. And so I ran and there was um, water on the platform. I remember that. And I slipped and tripped and fell headfirst into the closing door of the tube and broke my nose, broke my front teeth, two, two teeth, and um, and I I slid um, I slid down the, the the carriage and fell on the on the gravel, um, and I remember falling into the darkness and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be here, um, this is all sorts of wrong, mm. and um, and yeah, then the train departed and crushed my. I remember like trying to roll onto the side away from the train but I was not fast enough and the train caught my my arm and my leg and yeah I know oh
1: my god this is a something it's such a freak accident that happened to you and it can just like that you know your whole life can change and yeah I think you're teaching so many people to be grateful for the life that they have whatever that looks like and I just think you're amazing <laughs> <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> you know but it's it's true that you know we so easily we're so um, privileged in this country that we have, you know, the NHS system, mm. and I, I, I probably didn't appreciate it as much before. And it's only when you, you know, you you are in a life and death situation that you think, oh my gosh, I need help. And this is one thing that I realised quite quickly is that before the accident, I was quite um, independent. So. I had a lot of friends, but I would never ask for help for anything. I would say, I can deal with it myself. And this independence has changed now because I realized quite quickly that no one can be doing it completely on their own all the time. We are, as human beings, we are designed to work together, to live together in society. We are dependent, codependent on each other. And that made me realise, um, you know, we, we are, after all, herd animals. <laughs> We're supposed to be, you know, dependent on other people.
0: And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay And there's to nothing wrong with that, exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah.
5: it's okay to ask for help. It was really hard for me in the beginning. And it was these small details. Um, I remember being at um, a Christmas dinner um, at our friends and we get served and it was lovely, delicious food. But there was um, a piece of meat on my on my plate and I looked at it and I thought, ah, it looks delicious, but I can't cut it yeah. because with one hand you can't cut anything. And this is where my husband noticed that straight away. He noticed yeah. my body language and he just switched uh, plates and just cut the, the, oh. the meat for me and then switched plates again. But the lovely thing was that when... Took a second helping. (laughs) My friend who sat on the other side of me just picked up my plate and wordlessly just cut the meat because they'd noticed that before. And that I thought that was so amazing that I didn't even have to ask for help, but because they'd seen my husband do it, they automatically did it as well. I thought that was quite cute.
0: (laughs) That's really cute. Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing.
5: And this helps a lot because I I don't want to be seen as a victim. Mm. You know, that's I, I don't want people to say, like, oh, poor you. You know, I. Because I don't see myself as that. obviously the accident is terrible and what happened is horrible and irreversible and but it has happened and I can't change it and now I just have to you know make the best of it. but it doesn't help when people remind me of like how sad all of this is because you know that box with all of these you know negative feelings is still there and it, it's just yeah. feeding it, you know and I'm mm-hmm. like, no
0: no, 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 I, yeah, it's
5: fine I you know, I'm okay.
0: Well thank you so much. <laughs> this has been, it's been amazing. A rollercoaster. Yeah. <laughs> sorry for crying so yeah. much. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't mean to make you cry. No, but it no, it, it was, is quite
5: emotional and I, I still is. feel it as well today that you know.
0: It's so moving your story is yeah I mean obviously horrific what happened to you but just so amazing to see you out the other side of that now and here and, and mobile and just with yeah and to hear your yeah gratitude for life is so cool like, you're so <laughs> smiley yeah you're so <laughs> smiley yeah
1: and it's funny because we're always like oh you don't want to be scared of like it's kind of embarrassing to be scared of the dark and it's like ah, like uh, I mean l- no we have me. good reason yeah when I was little in the countryside and I'd be scared of the dark I was really scared of foxes and wolves I don't know what, what wolves I were like, oh. ro- roaming around Oxfordshire <laughs> but I was really convinced because we had chickens when I was a kid Mum was, Those... was rescuing these chickens and we used to have to go and lock the chickens up at night and in my head I'd be like well I'm going to be eaten by a wolf <laughs> I think it was Red Riding Hood oh.
0: but, I mean yeah they do not exist
1: well oh. wolves
0: exist <laughs> they're legends aren't they wolves foxes exist but wolves don't exist wolves don't exist wolves don't exist oh shit oh god I thought they were legends (laughs) like myths (laughs) what Oh, hang on,
1: hang on. Were, werewolves 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 are legends not legends like that's know, it that's what, it what, what, what a cool dude what a legend <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> it <laughs> he, uh, what, a, what a babe um wolves Shit. I thought they were like dragons or like lizards or like you know like <laughs> my favorite thing unicorns. about that. she said it about twelve times? and It, it wasn't getting any more true. Wolves don't exist. Wolves don't exist. We have we asked you for your nightmare autocorrect slash text messages gone wrong stories, and we have some good ones. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, please. I wrote. Sorry. I wrote, please. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I wrote, please. Piss through the letterbox instead of post on the
6: delivery instructions.
1: Imagine little balance smoking through. <laughs> Mind you, that would be painful. If you felt the ferocity Yeah, no, the, yeah that's a yeah. full
0: guillotine. Please piss through the letterbox. Okay, oh, wow. I was making a hot chocolate at work and I messaged my colleague saying, do you want a hot chick? <laughs> oh, my friend sent lol to her friend when her grandma died, mean, intending it to mean lots of love. My grandma did that to me when her cancer came back. She sent me a text and
1: she said... This is like olden days and she said i said like how's it going or something i can't remember exactly what i said like how's it going like love you whatever and she was like yeah not great stupid cancer in my boob or whatever and then lol <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. that's the thing that's where i got it from just like the pathological need to lol after everything serious
0: <laughs> okay um <laughs> <laughs> another another one. Got a message from my dad saying mum has moved out, the rest of her stuff, comma, lol. <laughs> lol. Mum, my gone. dad thought lol meant lots of love, and that was very awkward. Uh, message my potential landlord, hi Karina, and it auto corrected to hi vagina. Oh no, <laughs> hi um, vagina, hi vagina, hi vagina, <laughs> hi vagina. Told my boss I emailed a c- meant accounts. <laughs> <laughs> got kicked out of a team's call and quickly messaged to explain. And it came out as my wife has gone down. My n- <laughs> new boss said, I really hope she's okay. I meant to say Wi-Fi, I'm married to a man. <laughs> 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 so gone down where? <laughs> <laughs> my wife is down about six months ago when we were living at respective parents houses my boyfriend and i were planning our meal for later that night via text he suggested something then i realized we already had dinner accounted for so i text saying oh fuck dad's taken max out when it should have said mac as in macaroni and cheese taken out of the freezer and my poor boyfriend thought he was going to have to stage an intervention because we had just buried our lovely dog max days earlier <laughs> i couldn't text back quickly enough Simultaneously horrified and also wetted myself. Dad's taken Max out.
1: That's terrible. Oh, God, I've got to stop caveating, caveating with really random stories from my family. This is really not funny. But, Go on. Um, do you know um, Alex? Alex's childhood cat was called Pussy? Because he named it, it was a boy called Pussy. <laughs> it was a male cat. And Alex <laughs> named it when he was a child. And the cat lived to Pussy. be 19. Wow. Right. I know. And when he died, we were me and Alex, it was our first time going away together. And we were in the South of France. And we were flying back and we were in Nice airport. And basically the cat had, no, actually that, he got the call when we were coming back saying that the cat's dead, super bad. We got back to Ireland and then we came, we went back to Ireland to go and be with his mum, And then I think we ended up, I can't remember. Anyway, at some point we got this phone call from her, devastated. And she was like, and I could just hear her sobbing and it was like, oh my God. And she's oh like, God. pussy it's all over the garden. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> she was like, pussy is all over the garden. Pussy's been strewn on the garden. <laughs> because a oh fox had dug him up. Oh, I know, because they hadn't dug it deeply enough.
0: Poor pussy. Poor pussy. Oh my God. I know. And it was like,
1: no, this cat couldn't oh, be I taken seriously, even in death. <laughs> because Alex had called it Pussy. <laughs> Who oh, called it, a Pussy? Alex did, but like, what was his mum thinking? Being like, yeah, sure, child. She probably, this poor cat. I know she yeah, did. I she get she it. She, know, she and still. she was so naive. I know because she, Alex said this cat would go missing all the time, and they <clears throat> had the like the estate in Dublin where he was from, and she'd be up oh. and down the road going, "Has anyone seen my pussy? Pussy's missing. Has anyone seen my pussy?" <laughs> I'm like, just call oh. it, pussy. Just anything oh, else. poor Pussy. I know. R.I.P. Pussy. I know.
0: Yeah, oh Alex loves that cat. Garden. Um, I really enjoyed that.
1: Something occurred to me. Okay. I heard it somewhere and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Yeah. Picture you're sitting in a car. Yeah. You're just driving in a mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. In front of you is a bus. Mm. You're in the same lane. Yeah. You're in a car. Yeah. Now, in my car, yeah. I can reach the other door. Yeah. From where I'm driving, I could reach the passenger door. Right?
0: Yeah, go on. But the
1: bus in front of me also in the same lane... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To all intents and purposes, pretty much the same width, can fit five people in a row. There's five seats along the back of the bus.
0: Wait, what? And yet
1: they somehow fit in the same lane as me and my car.
0: And a normal car barely fits in a lane.
1: Barely fits in a lane. But you've got two people, then an aisle, then two more people. And then there's me in my car, where I can touch the other door,
0: and three people are squeezed into squeezed uh, into a normal into the car.
1: Right. The, oh, this is only the beginning. Okay. This is where it started. Okay. But can we not that's, concede that that's a t- like?
0: No, that's, that's blown my mind. A glitch in the matrix. Mind.
1: Like that's a weird one. And I think about it every time I'm in the car. I'm like, I don't understand.
0: It's got to be wider.
1: It is, but not like two extra people wider. And two, not just people, but seats wider. So it's called the Red Bull
7: 400. Yeah. So essentially, I hadn't heard of it until three weeks prior. And Red Bull contacted me. Three weeks? uh, Three weeks. I had no idea. And they contacted me and said, would you be interested in this? And they sent me a video. And I saw this hill and I was like oh my God, can I even do this? But because after my accident, I just really wanted to start living my life because it was so nearly taken from me. I've become kind of like a yes man to everything. Mm. So I was like, yeah, okay. And I just thought I'll deal with it at the time. But um, yes, yeah, so it's the steepest, toughest 400 metre race in the world. And it's a ski jump, which you just run up essentially. And the ski jump is where they hold the Olympics and like World Ki- world Skiing Cup. So yeah, it's it's crazy. It sounds awful
0: <laughs> it literally sounds horrendous you run it up as horrendous piece. as well it, yeah on your vlogs and on your videos I was like it looks awful <laughs> I, like horrendous Do you know what's funny though
7: when you look at it you can see the green grass but people think that's the end and then there's more at the top which it goes ridiculously steep and it goes up to 78 degree incline so it's so steep and it's so long and it's actually more of endurance because yeah it was 400 meters but it took me 17 minutes 26 seconds
1: it would take me my How whole long?
7: life. 17 minutes, 26 seconds. Second, yes, yeah, I think it would take same. me that long just to do 400 metres at
1: a 0% gradient. <laughs> <Same. laughs>
7: to be honest, yeah, it
1: does take me like 23 minutes to walk a mile, so we're not far <laughs> off that.
0: That's crazy. Wow. Yeah,
7: it was wild. It really was. Were you
0: scared of like falling back down the hill?
7: Weirdly, no. I think my character, even with my accident, when I found out, what was like happening, all the surgeries and all the risks. Nothing in me was worrying about what was gonna happen. I just thought I'm not I'm just gonna block it out. So I didn't actually think about falling down, weirdly. Um and I think as well you don't fall down because it's so steep that you go on all fours and I think that saves you. Mm -hmm. Because my foot was slipping. So yeah, it you, you could but no one no one ever has, so no one's ever fallen no, backwards. No, I would. That would be an
0: absolute car crash. <laughs> I'd, make, I'd set a record. <laughs> oh, so I like I that. I like it. <laughs>
7: Honestly, it'd be like bowling. Everyone just getting knocked out.
0: Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, of course. All the I've got the right shoes for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you come prepared. We <laughs> yeah. love it.
1: If you don't mind, would you mind telling us a little bit about the journey, like rewinding you? Yeah, of course. To to your accident and getting you from there to what you've just done because you put up an amazing video last night on the day of recording where it was like it maybe I watched it like four times. Alex was like, "What is that audio?" Because it was like
0: it was the audio. It was
1: amazing. It was you doing the climb and then like it was hardcore music and then the music stopped and went to like soft piano and it's you in your rehab like yeah and it was really yeah. emotional seeing Aww. how far you've come thank you so would you be able to tell us a little bit about like that journey and where you started
7: yeah of course so i was 20 years old at the time and i was working at chess football club in marketing on my internship because i was at uni studying marketing at bournemouth and it's so funny because when i got the job i was so excited i was like oh my god um like this is like my dream job and it's so funny because i think If I knew back then what was going to happen to me, crazy. Um, But yeah, I was two months in and I had an accident. I got electrocuted and I was essentially fighting for my life and my legs. It is a miracle that I'm alive. So I was in hospital for two and a half months. I went to three different hospitals. I had over 25 surgeries because when you're internally burning... You internally burn for weeks, so it felt like I was being electrocuted for about three weeks. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah,
7: it was, not, it was not pleasant. Did and not realise that. No, because your muscles are burning, essentially. So they kept having to do debridement, which is where they take away dead muscle, because it just kept on burning. So, um, yeah, it was not great. And I had, like, loads of infections, fevers. It was, it was a tough time. But um, I just remember all the surgeons came into my room about two weeks later, and they said, you know, we've been weighing up the pros and cons of keeping a leg, not keeping a leg, and then they were listing them all to me. And I just remember interrupting them, and I was like, I'm so sorry, but I, I've i seen my leg. It's mm. in a really bad way. I know it needs to go. Because I just didn't want to spend my whole entire time for the next two years coming in out of hospital, fighting for something that was quite clearly dead. Mm. And I just wanted to get back to my life. So um, he was like, you sure you're making the right decision? I was like, yeah, I think so. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, wow. But the thing is, when they all left the room, it, I find it crazy to this day how I reacted because I had a few tears. There wasn't many at all. And I turned to my parents and I said, well, at least I can be in the Paralympics now. And that was genuinely the first thing I said. Which, wow. Yeah. Because I was like, what can I do now that I couldn't do before? And it was like my brain was trying to quickly think. And that's what I came up with. Um So, yeah, and I think I had that mentality a lot throughout hospital. So I didn't ever really think, why me? Why is this happening to me? I just kind of was like, what what can I do? So I started learning Spanish and I was reading. Um, I'd say the main negative thing that I felt was nobody would fancy me now, which is crazy to think because, you know, I was a young girl. And I mean, I'm sure there are people that wouldn't fancy me, but I just started to think, really negatively about that and i felt really insecure but then i just thought to myself well if if people think that i don't really want to know them anyway Mm -hmm. right because they're clearly not a good person so um yeah anyway so i when i came out of hospital two and a half months later um i got a prosthetic leg within a month and i'm a very determined person so i was very good at walking again and running and trying to do all these things. Um, So I came out of physio really quickly and I returned to work at Chelsea within two months. So it was four months. Yeah. (laughs) Your face. Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah. Because I thought to myself, this is an internship. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity because it's incredible. Mm. So I need to get back and work and get as much valuable information and knowledge as I can to set me up for my career. So yeah, I returned within two months. and I was going in a few days and they're really flexible. Let me work from home. So I was doing the working from home thing like <laughs> way before yeah. um, lockdown. But um, yeah, so I did that. And then I always like had a goal. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn to walk. And then I started to learn to DJ. And in the meantime, <laughs> I probably sound crazy, don't I? Because I like to learn to DJ. And then I was um, doing marketing courses. And there was so much that I was just trying to focus my energy and time on rather mm. than thinking... Like negatively,
3: yeah.
7: Which I did. I was concerned. Is it going to affect me one day? Am I, am I just hiding how I'm truly feeling by doing all these other things to shut to my brain? So I had like three therapists because I was, I was really wanted to make sure that I am actually okay. And um, even to this day, six years later, I am genuinely okay. And I think it's just because I know how it could have been, and I'm so great. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to cry. <laughs> I can feel it coming. Oh. Um, I know what it could have been. Um, Honestly, I'm such an emotional wreck with everything at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me cry because um, it's actually like the Red Bull thing. It makes me realise how far I've come. And like, that means a lot to me. Um,
0: (laughs) You've come so so far. far. It's unbelievable.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: that, I actually, I I had a thought this morning and I said it as a joke to Alex, but it's actually been kind of haunting me all day because I saw a guy in a Porsche, no, in a Jaguar, it's a really nice car on the way to the hospital. And I was like, oh my God, such a nice car. And then I was like, and Alex was like, no room for a baby seat in that. And then I was like, hmm, why do so many middle-aged men have these cars? And I'm like, well, they've probably like... (laughs) So bad. I was like, the kids probably just hate them. Like they've probably just been like really like they've probably just gone and like had an affair yeah. Yeah. and left, and the kids just hate them. So they've just got they don't need all the seats. They don't need back seats because they've they haven't got anyone to put in the car with them. Do those do
0: those cars not have back seats? Those cars don't have back seats. Fuck off! Are you kidding? I don't think I've ever seen a car without a back seat. Oh. <laughs> what? Without a back seat? What? He's like taking, a Ferrari he's the or a Porsche or a Lamborghini. I don't or mean, d- I don't mean the sp- very back. I mean, like, are you talking the very back? Ow. <laughs> what?
1: If you, if you, if you, type in Ferrari, spider. Are you saying four, not, are you saying
7: every single car has four seats?
1: Like my brother's car.
0: Yes. Has- no, my brother's car has car two, car two has seats. seats. Never. So what's in the back? Nothing. Like a smart car even so what's behind the front the, the, boot. the
1: boot you have a three-door or a five-door car that's why they'll describe your car as a five-door four doors and a boot or they describe it as a three door yeah Shoot. but when there's br- three
0: doors you just have to you have to flip the front there aren't any
1: back seats
0: yeah my Fucking brother doesn't hell. have any
1: back seats in his car he just has too wildly impractical he regrets it most days
0: Box. I didn't know that two-seater cars existed. I genuinely didn't know that. How would I know that, though? That That's so random. Oh, they're absolutely <laughs> everywhere.
1: How would you not know also, that? Also, How look, do you know that, like...
0: This is coming up as a two-seater, but
1: that there, it looks like there's... Okay, fine. Type in Lamborghini Gallardo. Type in Fiat Spider. That's what my brother has. Fiat Spider. Yeah. See What? It?
0: My mind is... I know, he looks like a hairdresser actually actually when he drives it. ...actually blown... What the hell? How? I just don't know how I would know that. I don't know how you don't know that. But how would I know that? Because
1: they're everywhere. (laughs) Like, if you go
0: outside
1: and open your eyes, a car's going to drive past you, and some of the cars are going to have four seats, and some of them are going to have seven seats, and some of them are going to have two seats. And then there's these things where they have two
0: wheels and just one seat. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Huge. Shut up. No, you're not. You're doing two wheels. Motorbikes out! Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not how Now you're taking the piss. you I'm imagining this, like, unicar. You've never seen a two-seater no, car? but I mean, I might have seen one, but I have, it has not registered that it's only got two seats.
1: I honestly, I feel like my head's going to fall off. How did you feel? Did, did it ever feel threatening being... <laughs> being like you in a prison full of men?
8: No, not, not at all, is the, the quick answer. Wow. I, if anything, I felt slightly protected by them because they they were just very, very... I was like their friend. So if really? I was walking around the prison and they were on what they call um, association time or free flow when the prisons go from cells to canteen to educate whatever mm. and i might be seeing them around walking on the wings they were just great you know hi doc, how are you sometimes I shake my hand and it was you know it was it was so i didn't feel scared thank god i didn't mm. feel threatened yeah. and then, and i'm quite proud to say that in 19 years of prison i only once had to press the panic button because a guy i was seeing who just arrived in prison quite late at night in the scrubs uh, he he seemed absolutely fine chatting quite normally and then suddenly he leapt up he was suffering from schizophrenia, he told me, leapt out of his chair and started cracking his head back on this concrete wall repeatedly. And I honestly thought he was going to crack his head open. I, I thought he's either going to or he's going to turn on me. So that was only the one time I pressed the panic button. And within seconds, there must have been about 10 officers arrived. Really? Which was hugely impressive. And I, I felt slightly embarrassed that I pressed the button almost, you know, for making a fuss. But I, I seriously thought the guy was going to crack yeah. his skull open. But so that was the only time.
1: Once in 19 years.
8: Yeah. That's I, I am quite proud of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. that
2: is amazing.
8: <laughs> Shame it was once, but there you go.
1: It's really interesting. Why do you think it was that you'd been told that women were more difficult and yeah. that you'd hate it so much?
8: I don't know, but I heard it so many times. And I was so happy working in the scrubs. I had no particular need to go and work. And also, I mean, apart from anything, Holloway was a much more difficult journey. You know, I'd had no need to do it. Plus, I was told, oh, you know, you, they'll they'll eat you alive and make life hell for you and this, that and the other. And I thought, so it's not a great Im- invitation, yeah. is it, to go and... But, um, but so when I say when I was off the shift, I'm sh- I do believe in fate a bit. I do think life steers you along the way you're meant to go, and you just sometimes have to follow it. And mm-hmm. in I went, and from literally day one, it was wonderful. And uh, and I and, li- and I did manage. Again, I was quite proud of that record. I wanted to beat the Scrubs record of seven years, so I w- I was there for seven years and four months until I retired in April, and I. You know, I, I absolutely loved it, yeah. but the stories that I heard from these women never, ever, ever stopped shocking me. Mm. I mean, you, you, I, I thought I'd get immune to it, but they never, they never. It, I never stopped being shocked at the stories I heard.
0: The stories of why they were there. Yeah,
8: yeah. And again, I think it's something like I think there's statistic is 86% of women in prison have, have, are victims themselves of some sort of abuse, domestic violence, controlling relationships, whatever. And they are victims. And, mm-hmm. and the stories I heard behind their stories of addiction and why they're in prison were so powerful and so heartbreaking. You know, girls being injected by heroin with heroin at the age of sort of 12, 13, so that they become prostitutes for their. And on it goes. I mean, yeah. So so these poor women end up usually on drugs to obliterate the memories, then they become homeless, then they get in prison. And I knew so many women tried to get arrested so that they didn't have to sleep on the streets horrific and six, sorry here comes the old stats 65 percent apparently when I was there anyway were released to homelessness and they have no how, how do you have a chance when you're released to homelessness most of them would say they then go to a crack house to to get get shelter and they're back on their drugs yeah. or they try and get arrested to get back into prison so one one campaign must be to try and there must be a better place for women than prison
0: I'd argue it's much I mean, easier yeah. to make a boat. I mean, I don't want to be like, but what about? But like, what about a boat? I think it's way easier to make a boat. Okay, sure. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, no. Oh my god! You could put a tin bath and they float.
1: You just you literally just take a boat like a like boats are just no, but you empty. can't.
0: You gotta have wheels and a motor. And... Wheels on a boat? No, 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 no. Uh, paddle flappy things. You do. You do. You do? On the bottom of a boat? I'm sure of it. You do? Stay
2: there. Stay there? No.
0: On a sailboat, you'd have
1: a rudder at the back. I'm thinking Titanic. Didn't have wheels, Al.
0: It didn't have wheels. (laughs) What's on the bottom of a boat? Nothing. Oh, Oh, no, there really isn't. No. Oh, and a rudder? Yes. One thing at the back. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, I thought it had big wheels. (laughs) Okay, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. I thought that's... She thought wheels. She thought boats had wheels, but like, then how does it get anywhere?
1: On the back of it, on a trailer. You just put a boat on a trailer, and you just you see that sometimes on the back of the motorway, someone's got their boat on a trailer. Yeah, but how does
0: the boat move on water?
1: Oh my god! With the with with either the propeller or the rudder, either wind. What what would a wheel do in water? wheels. Yes. How on earth would that work? There's no traction. I thought
0: how they I thought that's how they went boats no Grrr, propeller at the back going propeller? Round yes big wheel. wheel it's not a wheel <laughs> <laughs> it's a
1: it's like a like a like a fin thing at the back and it goes ah, like a fan. fan yeah oh not a wheel I think people sometimes project a lot of their own feelings of inferiority when it comes to exercise because they think oh well you're you're so amazing you can't possibly know what it's like to struggle running a 5k or whatever but something that you've maintained throughout it and you touched on earlier is this like it doesn't matter how far you're going it doesn't matter how fast you do it it is about having a go and it kind of feels like that even when you're doing the most extreme and extraordinary things your attitude with it is very patient with yourself and with others and very just like not laissez-faire, because you've got that grit inside you, but it's it's not a competitive No, not at all. Thing.
9: I still, every time I turn up to an event, and it could be an Ironman or even just a sprint triathlon, I arrive with imposter syndrome. I think... Oh what am I doing here? You know, what right have I got to do this? You know, I'm pushing my bike along and thinking people are going to look at me and think, what, she's going to take part that one, you know? (laughs) Um, So I still don't feel like I uh, have a right or, or belong. And that's, that's from years and years of going into a gym and thinking people are going to look at me and think, what's she doing here? And she's not doing that right. And, you know, she doesn't look like she ought to. Um, And, I think so many people feel that and you know it it quite amuses me the reverse of imposter syndrome which is the you know the Billy Big Bollocks who rock up with their (laughs) four yeah and then they're absolutely hopeless um which I kind of wish I had a bit more of their attitude but I don't I I always arrive thinking people are going to be looking at me and thinking what's she doing here um I and I 10 Ironmans, Man's, nine, and I still haven't got over Ten. that. <laughs> 10 Iron Man starts, yeah. But I still haven't got over that um, that feeling. As I say, you know, even going to short events or,
0: you know. Short God, I events. would not have imposter syndrome if I was you. Well, you do... oh, it's weird. I, would I, I... show up at my award.
9: <laughs> I don't pinned,
1: tattooed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they do get the tattoo, a lot of the Iron Man's. Do they? Probably yeah. for that reason.
9: Yeah. But you see, now I'd feel embarrassed to have that as well. I'd have people looking at me, going, "What? She's done an Iron Man, you know?" It's, I, I, yeah, I hate that it's you weird. feel like
1: that. But I get it because it's not. It's a massive part of the ethos of the hags because it's not. Yeah. yeah, it's like we don't have a view of, we don't, we don't actually have the representation a lot of women in sport, but certainly not older women. In sport, you know, you imagine, I I feel it when I'm, I mean, I was literally, I, I stopped counting at 30, but I was overtaken by so many people on my run oh. yesterday. I was like, oh, fuck it. But you do, we don't really have the celebration of the d- slower people doing it, of older people, do, of anything that know. isn't like oh, beefcake, with yeah. a waving man, yeah. which is annoying.
9: Yeah, and I just don't have that competitive um, element. Uh, I'll be out with my trainer, Cal, and he's like, you know, say, we're on bicycles you say okay we're coming up on one there you can overtake and I, go, oh, I don't, I don't care about overtaking Carl. but of course that's his thing is you've got to be better you've got to push harder all the time and I just think no just have a nice time really just get out enjoy it enjoy the other people um I mean there's nothing better than you know if you if you sort of fall into stride you're not allowed to on a bicycle because it's there's this thing called drafting where you can benefit from sitting behind the person in front of you' Get um, dream so like an well if you well if you watch the the peloton uh, on a yeah. yeah a push bike races you know people are, are taken along by the group, but anyway, so you're not allowed to do that in Iron Man, but there was a half iron man I did a few years ago, and I remember coming across this girl on the run and she was she'd sort of stopped and she'd had enough and and I was feeling like I'd quite had enough, but I still had another six miles or so to go. Um, and so I got chatting to her and said, come along with me. I'm not going very fast. And you know, she needed to stop a bit, but she didn't stop completely. And she she had another lap to do. So when I finished, um, I waited for her and saw I wasn't going to run another lap. I didn't have that in me. But, you know, I think she would have given up it, it, because she was on her own and was feeling very bleak about it. And when I said to her, look, I'm really struggling too. Uh, let's struggle together for a while. Um, so, so it's, Well, it's nice to, yes, it's. Yeah. I, I couldn't have given a damn about my time,
1: yeah.
9: um, but I just wanted to help her get through.
1: Like, wouldn't you be annoyed if you were an ape and you were like, oh, that's my potential. Like looking at Mark Zuckerberg yeah. in a little polar neck with all his money. Could have been that, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on his iPhone. That's but no, so I've got to sit though. in the wild and just eat bananas and scratch my bum and be cold. And pick others, other yeah, apes. I love like, that. Yeah. I'd love that life.
0: That I could sounds have a-
1: wonderful. You'd rather be an ape. I bet than- they have less problems. Oh, they've got so many problems. They live in trees. Yeah. When it rains, you get wet. When it's cold, you get cold. They can't just have a burger. They just have to eat the same stuff all the time. They can't have a pan of raisin. They don't know what
0: a burger is. They They can't have fucking
1: pistachio madelines or whatever it is that you (laughs) like to eat. They can't wear lovely and other stories jumpers or nice midi skirts.
0: But life is just so much simpler. Honestly, I think there's something to be... A dog. I'd like to be A dog you would like, you'd to, like be to be a baby. I'd like to be a dog. I'd like to be, yeah. You'd really want to be an ape. I just think life is so, so much better. I bet simpler. you apes
1: watch other apes shit. Like, would you like me to watch you shitting? Would you like but to be naked care. all they the time? Be, you, Al, you would be an ape. But I wouldn't know oh, any You'd different. know.
0: I wouldn't know. You'd be sitting okay, there naked, not, and shitting, and picking out your own. You can't flee and an eating an ape them. now. That's not going to work. But as long as I never existed as a human, I would like to be an ape. But that's not an option. I would prefer to be an ape than a human. You'd prefer to be an ape than a 100%. human. 100%! I don't think... I bet mental health isn't a problem I don't think we've,
1: community. I bet you it is, but I don't think we've tapped into enough of what brings you joy. I think we need to work on making your life more joyful. <laughs> Did you think? Yes. Do I sound sad? <laughs> Ow, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Rather you'd rather be an ape. Be an ape. <laughs> How bad is your life that you'd rather hey. be an ape?
0: Oh, okay, now I feel sad. I'd rather would you? Yeah. Thank you. Right?
1: Are you guys okay? You can't go to Nando's. Don't want or Gale's. To. you wouldn't know. Gales. <laughs> Gale's.
0: Or Pret. Or Pret. Oh, I would struggle. Pret. You're not going to have a fucking oat milk hot chocolate, Daisy, as an ape? No, but I Banana. And you'd love it. The you eat the grass. What well, you're going to use a NutriBullet. bullet.
8: it up in my leaf.
3: In your
0: palms. You get a to leaf. pimple pop And then you
1: just got, squeeze it out you can me. do that as a human. No, you can't. Yes, you can. You can also, you can make a banana
0: milkshake as a human. All the things you can do as an ape, you can do as a human. There's too much choice. There's too many avenues. There's too many, there's too much to do and, and but make these decisions are, to make. But I love, I love all the things employee. that we get to do as a human. Oh my God, I, I, you couldn't go to the aquarium
1: as an ape. You couldn't go to a water park. You can't go to you can't go to Tenerife.
0: Like you can't do any other cool stuff. <laughs> I love being a human. Like you can't talk. We need a poll on the Instagram, <laughs> Would you'd rather be an ape or a human. A- I'm actually intrigued by this. But because it's I very clear to me. Being a human's so great. I, I actually don't know what they face in the wild though. I don't know like what dangers they face if they're any if they're prey at all. I I don't know, maybe I'm Don't you just maybe love maybe being a, bit a more human though? On this.
1: Like there are so many great things. Yeah. Like you can, you can text your mum and like FaceTime her and stuff. You can't do that as an ape. No, because you live. Also, with your, your mom will probably die really young because they're apes. They don't live very long. So you'd be orphaned. Also, you don't get anesthesia <sighs> when you have a baby. No that's fucking C sections. That's true. No, no. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> you can't pump. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no formula. There's you know you have, you you've got to do it one way.
0: Do or die. Do
1: or fucking die. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's no there's no there's no, no. sleep training for the apes.
0: She feels quite strongly about <laughs> this.
1: <laughs> As it transpires. I think I do, yeah.
0: I'm shaming him. Louis too. the X1 V bad. Pinkle wick <laughs> <laughs> Winkle pickers. <laughs> no. Pickle them. winkers. <laughs> Those shoes. I kind of know what you mean. Pinkle wickers, <laughs> Stop. T- winkle, Wink- winkle pickers.
1: What's a wincle, picker. winkle that's picker? That sounds someone that's going to go and pick a winkle, you know what I mean? Winkle picker? Yeah, pick a winkle. Yeah, winkle picker shoes. Yeah, he was wearing pinkle <laughs> wickers, but like old school ones with a buckle.
6: I think people just really do not understand eating disorders and in particular anorexia. And I say that myself included. I can understand why people look at me and don't believe me. Like, I get that. But at the same time, because it is, you know, a a psychological disorder, mental illness, some say, it like fucks with me. Because then I myself, I was just telling my nutritionist this, who um, has been with me this whole journey. She basically told me like, it is real. So you can't let that influence you. It's something I'm very passionate about because I didn't tell anybody that I was putting that tweet out. My manager, my PR, my team, no one knew that I was tweeting that. And I did it so flippantly because I was just tired. And when I got the diagnosis, it felt very validating. It felt very freeing. I felt like I just wanted to tell everybody because I've spent a decade all around the world talking about my body and loving your body. And so I kind of just thought that if that was happening to me, I would know, you know, I would know, but I had no idea that it could even be a possibility. And I wish that I would have known sooner, which is why I told everybody.
1: But it must be like very freeing and empowering for you to own the narrative because like you say your body's been, you've talked about your body you know, publicly for such a long time but you've also had to because it's been talked about so much, you know, it's been like such a thing that people want to talk about and the, I just find it absolutely bonkers, like listening to you say there that, that, you know, people on TikTok are, t- are making these videos saying that you have to prove it and it's like what? <laughs> like we were in such an odd space with social media that, you that your body is so publicly people have got this like crazy um ownership of it that they'd have this conversation without you of course you put that tweet out like you you i can completely understand you you want to control the narrative
6: somehow yeah. well i think that the reason people are so invasive i mean obviously social media lets others feel like they know you in a way. And so therefore they think that if you share things online, that that means that it's, it's theirs now to dissect and pick apart and judge you on. It's a very strange thing because I know that for me and for so many other fat folks that exist on the internet, it just really comes down to fat phobia and the fact that people don't see larger bodied individuals as worthy of having respect and we're not allowed to take care of ourselves. we're not allowed to suffer. we're not allowed to to experience things that they don't feel like we should be allowed to experience like eating disorders like love, like intimate partnerships. I could just keep going like loving ourselves, they don't think that we're deserving of any of that. So, you know it, it really comes down to to that and it sucks it sucks that people um you know put their put their hatred of themselves <laughs> onto everybody else but i feel really grateful like i don't want to be negative um it is a heavy topic but i feel immensely grateful like i never thought my life was going to take the path that it has and for it to be at this chapter in my life Um, It feels really good because I know that it's helping a lot of people. Um, So it's honestly been a blessing being diagnosed.
0: Yeah. And I do think that you talking about it is so important as well, because eating disorders have kind of become synonymous with like a a very thin, a very thin young white girl. And that just isn't the case. Like Eating disorders don't discriminate and, you know, reducing it down to that is it does such a disservice for people living in larger bodies who struggle with eating.
9: Discharge is to do with your estrogen levels at the time of ovulation. They go up uh, to a point that forces your body to ovulate and the discharge that you see at the time of ovulation is is because you are estrogenized. That is a word. Um and that's (laughs) what you see. It's got nothing to the eggs. The eggs in your the okay. egg's in a different part of your body. You
0: told me that the discharge was the egg. Was the egg I was thought, to bring the egg okay, down? So what
1: I thought. <laughs> what I thought was like fully true was that it was like the white of the egg. You know when you look <laughs> at an egg and it's just a so
0: goo. I was like, oh, oh yeah. my egg, Emma. We don't deserve you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know these questions. Well, I'm a bit worried, but yeah, no. let's go. I love <laughs> this is someone who's just had a year of fertility treatment as well. <laughs> I'm like ooh I've just <laughs> had a kid yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but you know you managed it so it's fine why do yeah. you need to know all this shit Fuck it's man. fine dear Alex M and Daisy happy birthday like <gasps> a we did mention it the yeah, live show because it, it was on your birthday that's yeah. so why cute. didn't you tell us that it was on
1: your birthday did you find the email no oh I was looking for the email oh we're going to spoil the surprise we got your delivery voucher for your birthday that's so
7: nice <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get
1: a big tie cool <laughs> <Good. laughs>
0: Embarrassed of the thing I just did. Well, because I, was like, oh, oh, I wish there'd been a camera on you. <laughs> Wait,
1: oh, that's so nice. Thank Hang you. on. What do you mean it was mean? You just lassoed the air and went, "I'm gonna get a big tie," and <laughs> I mean for laughing. Yeah. Birthday <laughs> No, I'm, sorry. I'm gonna get a big tie. <laughs> See, it's catchy. I'm- Actually, the songwriter of our generation. Maybe oh, you I'm, gonna gonna really, really <laughs> I'm gonna get a big tie really quickly. It's <laughs> a little something she's been working.
0: I'm gonna get a big tie. I wish there was a oh, camera on, okay. on her. That's
1: really embarrassing. I'm
0: sorry. You <laughs> Please. I thought
1: it'd be really cool if she'd come in. If she could come in and talk to us, and she did, and she was amazing, wasn't she? We had the
0: best chat with her. We did, we had the best chat. Really enjoyed talking to her. And she let us ask us she let us ask her all of our questions. <laughs> Such a weird thing to say. Such a weird thing to <laughs> say. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't prepared.
6: <laughs> no.
0: Should I delete that? It's part of the ACAS Creator Network.